Patriots has a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth. So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not going to stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. It's Friday night, the 8th of September, and welcome to it. Hello, Diane. Hello, Craig, and how are you this evening? I'm excited. It's another football weekend coming up, but I know you're excited for a whole different reason. Really? Yeah. (laughs) 57 years ago tonight. 57 years ago tonight, Captain Kirk and the crew of the Starship Enterprise, for the very first time, boldly went where no man had gone before. Ah, yes, I am a Trekkie, folks. (laughs) It was 57 Um, years ago tonight that Star Trek had its first show on TV. Yeah, and I mean, I am a total Trekkie, but not for the reasons that people think think i'm a trekkie because i want to go there where they (laughs) went (laughs) my dream as a kid was to be an astronaut and you know i kept thinking as a little kid we're going to get there fast we're going to get there fast little did i know how disappointed i'd be but i also sucked in math so that kind of killed the astronaut (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of a bummer. You know, I, it's yes. hard to believe that Star Trek has literally been on the air for 57 years. And it's still as great today as it um, was when it first came out. Well, and the reason for that is the stories were compelling. They they yes. dealt with issues of the day, they dealt with issues uh you know, that, that happened throughout history. Um, you know, it, it was, the, the stories were deep, they were compelling and the characters and the characterizations were so well done that, um, but you know what, we almost didn't have it. And we can thank, um, Lucille Ball for the fact that it actually made it to air to begin with. Oh, it's it's uh it's surprising that of all people it was Lucy and Desi that really pushed for the show. I never knew them to be, you know, um I always thought of I love Lucy and of of course I didn't see it when it came out first came out, but over the years when I've seen I love Lucy and then I knew about the Star Trek connection i i couldn't see them as supporters of that but they were yeah well lucy fell in love with it paramount was gonna ditch it because they didn't like the pilot 
Lucy did like the pilot, and she took it over to Desilu Studios, and uh, they they remade the pilot over there, and uh, it found an audience. Right, and the pilot was actually the Menagerie. That's one of my favorite episodes yeah. about illusion and everything. I mean, I have seen these Star Treks. Every time it's on TV, I just love them. There are some I hated. Like, Spock's brain was utterly stupid. Yeah, well, every once in a while. You know, they can't every all be gems. Every once in a while, they, they goofed oh. up. But the, the whole premise of it, exploring, um, I believe exploration is in our DNA. We are meant to explore. And eventually, someday, we will get out there. It'll and happen. I just wish I was around to see that. But, yep, 57 years ago tonight, Star Trek premiered on television. So that's why Diane's going to be excited tonight. Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch it as soon as <laughs> the uh, show is over. <laughs> We've got a lot of stuff to talk about other than Star Trek, though. Let's start uh, with President Trump. He's up in South Dakota in Rapid City this evening. Uh, at a major event, They're, they have an, an the GOP up there in South Dakota has uh, an annual event, and it was going to be just another annual event until they invited Donald Trump and he accepted. Uh, then they had right. to kind of rearrange things. They had to uh, sell more tickets, and to do that, they had to rearrange seats in the Monument Arena uh, to accommodate that and now they've changed traffic patterns in town for this afternoon and tonight but one of the other people that's going to be there is governor christy gnome of course and mm -hmm. could it be that trump winds up picking governor gnome as a running mate i have said since Trump first announced, and you know this to be true, that Christy Nome would make a wise choice for him. Um, I would love to see her as vice president. It would make him more palatable to me, knowing that if he gets the nomination, I'm going to have to pull the lever for him, even though he's not my choice. It makes it, it makes her, having her on the ticket. I'll pull the lever, but I won't have to hold my nose that to do that. Well, you know, it, it's going to be an interesting night because uh, the governor is going to officially endorse Donald Trump tonight at that event. Um, there's going to be the, the monument uh, as an arena normally holds about, I want to say about 5,300 people. It's not the biggest venue in the world, obviously, but for right. tonight, because Trump's going to be there, they've rearranged the, the seating and everything and the stage and everything. So tonight it's going to hold 6,000. Um, it's, it's all sold out. Uh, the place mm -hmm. will be jam-packed. Um, and there's going to be news that comes out of it, but Christy Nome was interviewed a day or two ago, and she was excuse me, asked directly, uh, would she consider uh, being Trump's running mate? And at first she kind of, you know, did the, the typical political thing. She said, well, you know, it's way early and, and everything. But the interviewer pressed her on it. And she's, you know, well, if he, if he would ask, would you do it? And she said, yes, of course I would. 
Okay. All right. You know, I mean, and, and she she kind of made a good case too. She said, you know, he's going to need somebody strong in that position. Now I question that because you know Trump usually likes somebody he can push around, and I don't think he could push her around. Um, that might be the only reason he doesn't pick her because he cannot push her around, and that's what I like about her. Yeah, I mean she's she's pretty tough. I mean don't don't let yeah. the fact that. That, uh, you know, she's not a physically imposing person, uh, fool you. Governor Christy Nome is not to be pushed around. Um, but she said, you know, he's going to need somebody strong. He's going to need somebody, uh, you know, who can bring in uh, more people to vote for the ticket. Uh, she said the fact that I'm a mother and a grandmother and a business owner and, you know, uh, so on and so forth. She said that also uh, you know, makes the ticket stronger as well. Now, Trump was asked about it and he would not commit, but he said, you know, he, he did not mince words when he said that he really likes what Christy Nome has done for the state of South Dakota and he likes her personally. Well, of course he likes her personally because, you know, as much as I like her and I think she'd make a great VP choice, she does, you know, suck up to him. I, you know, and I she don't always know. has. She yeah. always has. You know, she. Well, she likes him. She she liked his policies. Uh, you know, when he was president, uh, she liked the way he got, you know, things done. She liked the fact that we were energy independent, that we were tough on China. Um, you know, uh, it, a lot of it, I think, is policy driven in her mind. Um, you know, but she she likes him. Um, she said literally yesterday that yes, she, if he if he were to ask her, she would accept. So this is going to be interesting. I don't expect that he's going to ask her this month or next month, but it 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 will probably no. come. I would guess if if you know whoever he picks, whether it's her or somebody right. else, I would guess it would come maybe in mid December. Uh, I think it would come at the beginning of the year after the holidays. But you do have to remember one thing. Uh, South Dakota's two Republican senators have not endorsed Trump and will not. They are going to right. endorse Tim Scott. So there's a little give and take here that might come into play. Yeah, and that's uh, going to be an interesting dynamic. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because that will be an interesting dynamic within the state of South Dakota. The governor endorsing one person and the congressional delegation endorsing someone else. Right. And by the way, do you know offhand how many um, electoral votes South Dakota gets? Not very many. That's you know, going to come into that's going to come into play as well, because what Trump needs, if he is the nominee, what he needs is he needs the big states behind him, right? not the itty-bitty small states. So, I don't mean small states size-wise, folks. I'm talking electoral college vote-wise. He might say, hmm, I like Christy Nome. Maybe I'll... Think of her for the cabinet, a cabinet position. However, she will only bring, and I'm making this number up because I have no clue how many electoral votes South Dakota has. 
she might only bring me five votes and that's not enough. I'm going to go after a state that brings 30 votes. I mean, you don't know how all of this is going to play out this far out. They've got three electoral votes. Then I don't think he'll pick her. Well, you know, I think I, he might offer her a cabinet position. Well, and, and that that may, may very well be true, and she would be really good in any cabinet position as well. Mm-hmm. You know, three. You you make a good point. Three electoral votes probably isn't that much. He's going to carry South Dakota regardless. Right. So that why he uh, I now that I know how few votes they get, I don't believe he'll pick her. Yeah, and I would have I would have loved him to pick her. Well, I have to wait and see. It's one of those things, right. you know. Um, right. You know, he might feel that she can bring in votes from other places just by having her on the ticket too. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of analysis done. Uh, as to what impact she may or may not have on a ticket before a decision is made. So, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure he. First of all, the candidates don't usually pick their VPs till after the the um, nominating, um, because you know you might think, oh, I want this person, and then you know. Their states don't come through for you, so I'm not going to pick this person. There's too much in play. And Christy Nome has already said he has not asked her yet. Right. You know, so there's that, you know. Yeah. This election cycle, though, is different uh, from any mm-hmm. other that we've ever seen. You know, yes, it, it could be that Trump feels he needs to make a pick early uh, in order to cement a few things. So I don't know. Uh, Remember I said that, uh, and I even put up on Facebook, boy, what a smart move it would be if DeSantis would announce his VP pick now. Right. And everybody came down on me. No, 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 they can't do that. But if Trump does it, it's okay. Well, look, they can make their pick any time. You know, mm-hmm. tradition says Just keep their that, mouth shut. Right. But, you know, tradition says they wait. Okay. Right. I don't know that there's any hard and fast law or rule that says they have to wait. Well, I got chastised for even suggesting it, not by uh, the DeSantis people or even the Haley people or any of those people. I got raked over the coals by the only Trumpers for saying that. Well, see, there you go. Yeah. You know, know, consider the source, right? That's true. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's just one of those things. Well, it's going to be an interesting night up there tonight in Rapid City, South Dakota. Um, Everything's kind of at a fever pitch up there. I was up in South Dakota. My wife and I were up there um, a little over a month ago, about a month and a half ago now and everywhere we went uh the only t-shirts hats you know that kind of thing we saw uh with political uh material on them they were either decidedly anti-joe biden kamala harris or decidedly pro-trump there was nothing else and that's that's fine But the whole thing now that really has come into play in my head 
is three electoral votes. Yep. That's a, a very big negative for Christy Nome. As much as I'd love to see her on the ticket, it is a negative. I think either way it goes, whether he picks her or whether he doesn't, I would almost guarantee you we will see Governor Nome run for the office in 28. It's very, it's very possible. It depends on if it is Trump who his uh, VP is. If he was smart and picked someone, let's say like Nikki Haley or Tim Scott, they might run. Well, and, and I, I would almost expect them to, but I think twenty eight will be wide open again, just like it is this year. And I would not be one bit surprised to see Governor Christy Nome in that race. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, let's head out to the left coast, uh, Huntington Beach, California. Um, All these new mask and vax mandates are being floated around. A lot of places are already putting them into effect, but Huntington (laughs) Beach, not so much. No, they said in a four to three vote, their city council, they are choosing to ban universal mask and vax mandates in their city. Smart, especially smart coming from, you know, La La Land. Well, and Huntington Beach is literally on the coach, or coast, obviously. Uh, and most of those coastal cities are so far to the left, um, you, you can't even see them anymore. Uh, it's It did not surprise me that it was a close vote. What surprised me was that they said no. Well, they said no, but there is a little bitty catch here. Any who have tested positive for COVID would still be required to wear masks in certain areas. Now, my question... Even though it has now been positively proven that masks don't do a damn thing. So let's say John and Jane Q. Public test positive for Mm -hmm. COVID. Mm Mm-hmm. And John and Jane decide to go out uh, and and do something. Uh, Let's say they have to go down to uh, the the county courthouse to take care of some paperwork. Right. And they don't wear a mask. How does anybody at the courthouse know that they tested positive? I mean, how do you enforce a mandate like that? Uh, Remember, a lot of people especially in places like California, they do carry vaccine passports, they're called. And all the courthouse has to do is have someone at the entrance saying, let me see your passport. Right, but they can get a passport, okay, that shows they've they've taken the vaccine and that's what the passport does. It doesn't identify them as currently having COVID. It just says they've had the vaccine. Now, we all know, as you well do, because you've written 3,000 articles about it, (laughs) the the vaccine does not keep you from getting COVID. No. In fact, the vaccine, they are now coming out that the vaccine is actually making a percentage of people more susceptible to COVID. Craig, I know there's going to be another COVID article. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can feel it coming. <laughs> yes, and uh, the medical connections that I have do indeed have backed that up. 
They well, are seeing more and more fully vaxxed and boosted people coming into the hospital with COVID. Well, and the masks don't work. We know that for a fact. So what good does right. wearing a mask do? I mean, they can say, okay, if, if you've tested positive and you're going into a certain situation, you know, they have those, you know, like like going into a courthouse or going into some right. official business, you have to wear a mask. Well, what good does that do? Because the mask doesn't work. No. I mean, the, no. the the whole mandate thing is pointless. The mask mandate is pointless, and so is the vaccine and the booster mandate. Exactly. If they had let herd immunity kick in, we'd probably be through this by now. It would simply be a common cold, an uncommon cold, Craig, as you like to call it. I call it yes. a cold on steroids. Um, yes, there would have been fatalities in the beginning, but just like anything, there were fatalities from the flu, from pneumonia, from, you know, from anything. But we would have been a nation with more herd immunity, naturally occurring herd immunity than we are now. Yeah, the, the biggest problem with artificial immunity is that it doesn't work. No, it not does me. not work. You become, uh, and I'll touch on this in my article next, next, not this Monday, but the Monday after. What happens is your immune system has been so compromised because of um, vax and booster after booster that you become immunocompromised. And you need to have more boosters after boosters after boosters to keep you relatively healthy. You've destroyed certain very important parts that play a key part in immunity in, immunity in general, specifically T cells. Now, people like me and my husband worked with COVID patients every single solitary day, unvaxxed, unboosted never got COVID. I didn't follow any of the nonsense they put out. I was not vaxxed. I was not boosted. Said the hell with these masks. To this day, neither one have, of us have gotten COVID. I have a high T-cell count. I found that out. Apparently, so does my husband. And that comes from something, Craig, that you have brought up a number of times. When children are young, in recent generations, everybody runs to the antibacterial stuff. You're not allowing immunities to anything to kick in when you're sanitizing everything you touch, eat, smell, whatever. You need to get sick to get immunities, basically. You know, you go to any school, you know, grade school, junior high, high school, the custodians every night wipe every surface down right. with Clorox to kill any right. germs, okay? Mm -hmm. These kids go to school, you know, they're not used to being around germs, their bodies aren't. So any right. germ that comes along and comes into contact with them, they get sick from it. You know, if their parents exactly. are doing the same thing at home, if they're wiping down the counters and wiping off everything with Clorox wipes and disinfectant this, and and they're they're constantly using uh, hand sanitizer and 
all that kind of stuff. All they're doing is making themselves more susceptible to any germ that comes along. Right. That's why when a child, a young child, I had two colds, three colds a year as a kid. Nothing big, just the typical colds. Well, guess what? COVID, common cold is a form of the SARS virus. Different strains of it, of course. But everything is sort of related. Okay, this one was manipulated and not, you know, manufactured and all that. Right. But everything is sort of interrelated with each other in in the virus families. So if you had colds and sore throats and ear infections, whatever, as a kid, your body now recognizes it and can fight it off. You you build up a stronger immunity, so it has to be uh, a really powerful bug to even make you sick. I mean, as kids, we used to wallow around in vats of germs. I mean, right. figuratively speaking, but I mean, for goodness sakes, you didn't have hand sanitizers. You didn't have no. Clorox wipes, no. and, and you know nobody went around spraying everything. I mean, you know, if, if you came in contact with germs, you came in contact with germs. And, and we certainly, you know, uh, my, my friends and I as a bunch of, bunch of young boys, we never shied away from anything that had germs on it. You know, no. but we we never got horribly sick either. I mean, maybe once a year we would catch a little bit of the flu, or we'd have, you know, a head cold, you know, runny nose, and, right, right, you know, that kind but of that thing. Builds up all of that builds up your immunity, especially your your all important T cells, right, and that protects you later on. So when something comes at you, your body recognizes it as an invader and works to get rid of it. It's very odd that certain of us have not come down with anything. In my case, I have not had a cold, flu, infection, anything since 2004. Yeah, I mean, you know, it just depends. Well, because you've got natural immunity to things. Exactly. You know, now the the disinfectant I use the most, I I use internally. It's called hot sauce. (laughs) I put that stuff on everything. That's very good for stomachs, they say. It helps prevent stomach cancer. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, I'll never get stomach cancer because i put hot sauce on everything and no no self-respecting germ wants to be around that well you know craig that's true but it's sad to see that we have now entered and have an entire generation whose immune systems have been compromised because they need an unproven fully untested vaccine. The only ones who have profited from that are the manufacturers and seriously those in Congress who knew the pharmaceutical companies and bought into them. Right. I mean, it's. It, let's face I mean, it, it's a money-making scam is what it is. It, that's exactly what it is. And now Dr. Jill has COVID again. 
So you know they're going to really start pushing this. And and she's been vaxxed and boosted out the wazoo. I mean... What is this, her third time with this it, is, I This think? is her third time. Whoopi Goldberg's got it. It's her third time. And I guarantee yeah. you, Whoopi has been vaccinated to bejesus. You know? Yeah. So, uh, obviously, it ain't working. No, it's not working. It... The one thing I will say about the vaccine, in certain people who caught it, it prevented them from getting deathly sick. Right. Maybe. 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 However, they're still getting it again. I know. And I don't want to hear this stuff about different strains and this and that because they're all, yeah, they do morph and it is slightly different. But it shouldn't mean that you need a whole new series of shots when it's so similar to the strain we had the month before. But does it mean like people like me and my husband and others that we know who have not had it yet? Does it mean we will never get it? No, we're not the kind to say never, say, you know, never. But it probably means that if we did get it, it would be the uncommon cold. Right. I mean, it's it's just that simple. All right. So we yes. made it to the bottom of the hour. That means the show's half over. we got one segment left to go. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about one of those strains that Diane just mentioned. I won't tell you what it is here, but you have to wait until we get back from the, uh, the break. But we've got mm-hmm. plenty more to talk about. So stick around. There's plenty more to come on Right Side Patriots after this. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk, where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. 
If you miss any part of tonight's show, you've missed a lot. So just go to rspradio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button. This show in its entirety and all the rest will be right there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. All right, so before the break, I said we were going to talk about one of the new strains of the COVID that has come out. We can thank Senator Ted Cruz for putting a label on this that's pretty accurate. He's calling it the election variant. Well, of course it is. But do you know, Craig, both you and I have written about this happening you just wrote ago. about it. You just wrote about it. I just it. wrote about it. Right? Earlier, and, and earlier Ted, this week. Right. And Ted Cruz is basically saying exactly, you know, um, what I said and the reason why. Before the election, they're going to need to shut everything down because they want to have mail-in balloting for everyone because they think it helps elect Democrats. That's almost word for word what I said in my article weeks I'm, ago. I'll bet it, it wasn't weeks ago. It was maybe a week and a half ago. The article yeah. that you wrote was called Scheduling COVID. Right. All right. And it dealt exactly with this. Now, exactly. I'm, I'm betting you, right now you wish you'd have thought of it instead of Ted Cruz. Yeah, Ted, Ted Cruz. I did think of it. Ted I Cruz. think of it, but I'm a nobody and he's a somebody. But you know what? It doesn't matter who thought about it when. The fact is that the truth is getting out. This new COVID scare is all about mail-in ballots, which are the easiest way of cheating and manipulation. Absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. you you can't go out. You can't go to the polls. You can't go vote in person because, ooh, the marauding COVIDs, you know. Right. Um, I mean, that's that's what this is all aimed at. And, you know, we're seeing... Schools and and different uh, places, blue cities, blue states, they're making kids mask up again. Why? We already talked about it. The masks don't work. Okay, They're making kids get vaxxed and boosted. Why? We already talked about it. They don't work either. Right. Well, I know one state where none of that is happening. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. uh, Illinois? Florida. Oh, Florida. Yep, it's not happening here. DeSantis has come right out and said, uh-uh, not here. And I can personally vouch for my son, my younger son, is a school teacher here in Florida. And no, 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 there are no masks. Nobody is required to get vaxxed and boosted. No. Hopefully, other governors will join in that. We got Christy Nome in South Dakota not doing it. We have Florida not doing it. We Nebraska's have not doing it. Oh, they're not doing it? Okay. No, no. Governor Jim Pillen here in Nebraska says, nope, we're not we're not gonna mess around with that crap. Um Again, it's, o- it's only it's only a ma- yeah, it's only a matter of time before some of these blue cities and blue states tell kids they can't come to school again. Oh, oh, do you know what a nightmare that'll cause? I'm afraid, you know, they're, in a way, the Democrats didn't realize that their COVID scare is actually going to work against them. Because if they say that the schools are locked down in the blue states 
and the kids have to go back on those Zoom teaching nonsense, the parents are going to fume. They're going to go ballistic. And I mean, even even Democrat parents are going to have yes. something to say about yes. that. But you, you can't put it past the uh, the teachers' unions to call for that because you know they 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 want their teachers to stay home too. You know, and oh, of course they do. It, it wreaked havoc on education when they did this three mm-hmm. years ago. Um, but they don't care. the The teachers' unions don't care. The liberals don't care. It's a way to make people dependent on the government. Exactly. And plus, they love. What is? I lost you there for a second. Okay. Yeah. No. What happened was a pop up came up. Okay. Okay. Gotta love those. Uh, Yeah, and it's in the article we're referencing, Ted Cruz. (laughs) <laughs> you know, Ted's pretty sharp. Lord. You might, just, you might just have to shut that thing down. Yeah, I am. Um, I read it. I know enough about it. So, <laughs> you know, Ted Cruz is, Ted Cruz is pretty sharp and, yeah. you know, he understands yeah. what's going on with all this stuff and he can see it just as easily as you can see it. And you obviously saw it because you wrote, scheduling COVID about a week and a half ago, Um, you know, and anybody with a working brain cell can see what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's going to backfire on them. But the only problem is this is coming out at the same time that that new improved for the new super variant vaccine is going to come out. Right. Now, what's the story on what's the story on that? Because. You know, Biden is talking about, you know, well, you know, you got to get vaxxed and you got to get boosted and you got to wear right. masks. Of course, he's not wearing a mask most of the time, but he keeps telling everybody else they have to. But he also says this current vaccine that's out right now is not going to do anything to stop the next strain that's coming through. That's why they're working on a whole new vaccine. Well, I guarantee you that's untested, yeah. too. Of course, that's untested. I wrote about that in that same article. Ursus, I think was the name of it, yeah. or Fomax, er- or something er- like Eris. that. Eris, E-R-I-S, Eris. or something like that. Yeah, E-R-E-S. Um, what people don't understand is these variants are all sub-variants of a particular strain. And it's awfully hard. Usually when you have sub-variants of a strain, and they're talking about the strain that was prevalent last year. Right. When you have a sub-variant like that, usually you will get some protection from the previous booster because they all run off the same main, let's say, mother virus. But for some reason, this one is different. Well, I'll tell you why it's different. Because this COVID was genetically engineered, manipulated to be, like I said from day one, a bioweapon. Working pretty good as a bioweapon. It's working very good as a bioweapon, unfortunately. What they needed from day one, and I will stand by this. They never needed a vaccine. 
They needed an antidote. They needed to treat this as a poison, not as a disease. Yeah, but see, the problem with that, though, Diane, and you know this as well as I do, if you come up with an antidote for it, you can't continually make money off of it. I was to, exactly. COVID has become big business, not just for the vax people, but for the mask people, the glove people, the sanitizer people, you name it straight down the line. COVID is a big business. It, it is. Now, here's how this works politically. Okay. Liberals are always claiming they've got the solution to a problem. All you have to do is keep voting for liberals, and they will solve right. all your problems. But do you mm-hmm. ever notice that none of your problems actually get solved? Well, there's a reason for that. If the liberals solve the problems they claim they can solve, then you have no reason to vote for them ever again. But as long as they keep promising you that they will solve the problems – They've got a certain Mm -hmm. amount of people that will keep voting for them. The same thing with the vax. If they came up with an antidote, it would solve the problem. If they solve the problem, they can't make money off the problem. Exactly. And, you know, the Democrats and these people that are hooked into these uh, COVID nonsense, they plan their steps out very well. It's the timing. You can tell by the timing when this virus rears its head again. It always gets worse as we head into election. Remember, we had a little scare with the Omicron in the 2022 midterm. That was a trial balloon. Let's let's be honest. For this. Yeah. And it worked. And it worked for them. I even... I'm going to go farther and say something that some will agree with me and some won't. This, I think this whole entire COVID thing was a test run for you on Agenda 30 and Agenda 50, which was population control. Now, there's going to be a lot of people out there who say, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. Well, no, I'll, I'll tell you something, folks. Think of all the things that you've been told over the last three to four years that were just conspiracy theories that have actually turned out to be 100% true. And I guarantee Mm -hmm. you, when all of this nonsense really kicks in, you're going to need a conspiracy theorist to explain the facts to you. Yeah. And I, I am not a conspiratorist. As most people know, I don't buy into the, uh, what is it, the re-educational centers. Remember that nonsense at Walmart? Uh, And I don't buy into any of that. I don't buy into InfoWars. And um, who's that guy? with Alex Jones. Yeah, him. I don't buy into him or any of that stuff. But if you look at how, where COVID started and being in China, China has billions of people. They cannot afford to keep them basically anymore, to feed them, to close them, to house them. Suddenly this virus appears and maybe their timing, you know, maybe they didn't mean to release it at the time it was released. But the fact is it kind of meets and follows 
those Agenda 30 and Agenda 50, the stages of how depopulation was to take place. Look up the two agendas, and you'll see I'm not making this up. No, it's just just a matter of thinning the herd. Right. You know, I mean, that's what it comes down to. All right, so finally on tonight's show, are we looking at a possible government shutdown coming? The current spending bill runs out on the 30th of this month. And right Right. now, Senator Ted Cruz says he expects a government shutdown. In my opinion, let it shut down. Would be great, great for the Republicans in the sense of, look, folks, Biden couldn't even keep the government open. Well, now, according to Cruz... The Democrats will, they want the shutdown. The Democrats want it because then they'll blame it on the GOP and they'll say, well, you know, the GOP shut down the government. So you got both sides saying the other, you know, pointing their finger at the other side. But what Ted Cruz says makes perfect sense. He says that Schumer and, um, uh, you know, Pelosi and, and that crowd, they don't want the government to keep operating because they want something to blame on the GOP. And he says right. that, you know, the the Senate is already back in session. The House comes back, I think, at the end of this week, uh, maybe first mm-hmm. or next week. And there's some stopgap spending bills that are over in the House, and that's where all spending uh, is originating from, is from the House. Right. And but the House is going going to uh, tell the Senate you're going to have to cut back on some of this green nonsense and and some of this other nonsense. You're going to have to cut some spending because we're only going to pass you know so much, and the Democrats are going to tell them to hell with you, and then the government will wind up shutting down. Cruz says it's the Democrats that want the shutdown. I say, will we even notice a difference? Probably not. However, the Freedom Caucus came up with certain demands to avoid a government shutdown. And first, let me tell you something about the Freedom Caucus. For all you who keep saying DeSantis is a rhino and an establishment type, DeSantis was one of the founding members of the Freedom Caucus. Okay. What they say to avoid a government shutdown, number one, building more wall at the southern border, and restricting asylum. Number two, opposing any blank checks for Ukraine. Number three, lower the spending levels. And number four, addressing unprecedented weaponization of the DOJ and the FBI. Those are four things we do desperately need, but those are four things the Democrats will never allow. That's right. They, they will absolutely not go for that. And, right. and then you wind up at an impasse. Now, right. in, in an impasse situation, uh, the ball lands in Kevin McCarthy's court as Speaker of the House. Can right. he hold the Republicans together as a block and stand up to the Democrats? Because if we lose only four votes, we lose the vote to put up a new spending bill. Right. Yeah. We're kind of stuck between, you know, two hard places here. Right. I think McCarthy 
would stand strong, but then you've got a couple of loons on our side. Well, that's why I'm saying, can McCarthy hold it all together? And I I don't don't know know. that he can. I don't know at this point. Um, Only because of certain wackos on our side. And we do, you know, we have our share of wackos too, folks. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but we do. You know, the Democrats will always vote in lockstep. The Republicans, not so much. And this is one of those cases where they have to vote in lockstep if we're we're going to cut the spending and cut out some of the BS. That's the one thing the Democrats have all over us. When push comes to shove, the party is loyally united together. That doesn't happen with the Republicans, unfortunately. Now, going back to Ted Cruz, he was asked that very question. Do you think McCarthy can hold it together? And Ted Cruz's response was yes. He fully expects that the uh, Republicans over in the House will take a hard stand on this uh, and stick to their demands and not uh, you know, cave uh, to Democrat pressure from the Senate. So we'll see. Yeah, well, I think the Freedom Caucus, the four things that they're demanding, I think they're pretty good. They are good. I mean... Those are, and I personally, I think they could have gone further. I think they could have demanded more. But those four things are highly important. I mean, when you look at, you know, adding more wall down at the border, that Mm -hmm. is a a situation that something is going to have to give down there. Because right now, Biden is saying he's floating the idea uh, of a stay in Texas policy. So these illegal aliens get to cross the border, but they can't leave Texas. All right. Uh, Abbott will never allow that. No, Greg Abbott went off on that today. Yeah, um, that Gover- will not happen. Governor Abbott said, oh, no. He said that was tried years ago, and a federal judge slapped it down. He said, right. if Biden tries that now, he said, that will meet the same fate, plus we will send even more busloads of illegal aliens to places like Washington, D.C., New York, and other blue cities and blue states. Well, you know what? As a little side note to that, you know the little hurricane that's brewing, you know, and on its way making its turn to the northeast? Hurricane Lee, I believe. Hurricane Lee, and it's a Cat 5, folks, which means 165 upward winds. Well, all it takes is for the uh, front that's coming in from the west to stall a wee bit. And that hurricane will slam into the area from basically Washington on up. Mayor Adams might not have to worry about the problem <laughs> with the illegals anymore. You know, that guy is whining like like a little turd. I mean, yeah. it's it's unbelievable to me. You you declare your city a sanctuary city and your state a sanctuary state, and then when the illegal aliens get there, oh, no, you can't send them here. Well, you invited them, you idiot. Right. You know, I mean, if you don't want them, don't be a sanctuary city. Yeah, but that, you know, you know that doesn't happen with these people. They want things, and it's you give us what what we want, 
or we're going to cause trouble. And it's it's what's happening with the sanctuary cities now is almost like what happened with BLM. Exactly. Exactly. Where they're given free reign to do whatever they want, no consequences, and we'll pay for it. Don't worry about it. Well, yeah, and then when, when, you know, half a city gets burned to the ground and businesses go out because of it, then they they, they want help from the federal government. Well, you're the ones right. that allowed it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but of course the federal government right now, being in liberal control, they get whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it just... It's a head-scratcher. You know, so, I mean, you got that issue. I mean, the border issue. That's that's a big thing. You know, right. uh, no more blank checks to Ukraine. I fully agree with that. If we're going to be sending money or supplies or armament or whatever over there, we damn well need to know exactly what we're sending, exactly where it's going, who's receiving it, and how it's being used. We can't just keep signing checks and, and letting Ukraine fill in the amount. Right. No, we can't. It's one thing to help Ukraine, and I still believe we need to help Ukraine, but not with a blank check. No, I mean, there's there's much better ways and much more efficient ways that we can help the Ukrainian people than by writing the government of Ukraine a blank check. Well, you know what the best way is? Get the right president in and get this war over and done with. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's not rocket science. No. Um, you know, and if, if we'd have gone, if we'd have done what we said we were going to do at the very beginning of this thing a couple of years ago, this mm-hmm. war would have been over by now. Right. We should have given Zelensky what he asked for, the fighter jets. Biden promised them sent them over there in Poland. They've been there for now, what, well over a year, and they're still not in Ukrainian hands. Well, but now uh, some of the NATO allies, Poland and I think Germany, are saying, okay, you can have uh, the F-16s. And so they're now, as I understand it, and I, I can't get this confirmed, but as I understand it, Ukrainian pilots are now training uh, on the F-16s. Uh, And so soon those will be uh, in the skies. Now, the problem with that. Oh, great. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a good thing. But the problem with that is they're going to keep them most likely, I can't guarantee this, most likely in Ukrainian airspace. Now, if if I was Uh Ukrainians, I'd be chasing uh, the Russians all the way back to Moscow with the damn things. Sure. Sure. Uh, It's just a mess. But you know what? If the government has to shut down, let it shut down. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way I look at it. I remember when they shut it down when I was living at the Grand Canyon, and the only thing we noticed was a lack of tourists for about two weeks. Ah, very nice. You got you know, to enjoy the Grand Canyon. We could go up on the rim. We could we could drive around up there. We could you know relax, sit in a lawn chair, and watch the the light play games with the uh you know the the canyon all day long and not be affected by you know the the daily entourage of four and a half million tourists a year so uh um, right. you know and i'm sure the businesses were hurt by it 
um, you know, up there. But you know, for those of us who lived there, it was it was kind of a nice reprieve for about two weeks. Right, and and I'm sure if I remember correctly, with the last shutdown, you know, a lot of people um, were worried about getting their Medicare checks or their Medicaid right. checks or you know, government checks. But I believe those still got sent out, didn't they? They did. Those those yeah. very essential services were all taken care of, and they would be again. Uh, the yes. military will still get paid. There was a lot of people said, well, you can't shut down the government. The military won't get paid. But they did. But they did, right. You know. That's, um, so there's no big deal, really. Shut it down. Yeah, I can't really find the downside. Either can I, because the way this government is, there is no upside, so we might as well shut it down. Just a bunch of monkeys in a circus. I mean, yeah, you know, if you've ever seen a monkey trying to hump a football, that's what our government resembles right now. And nobody needs to see that, so shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Let it, let it uh, cool off for a little bit, because in the... I believe, come election time, the only ones that'll hurt is the Democrats. Well, if and that's if the Republicans can stick together and not cave in. If the Republicans stick together and force the Democrats to accept the measures that the Freedom Caucus is putting forward, it's a victory for the GOP. The problem is, McCarthy always has that thing that he agreed to with even one person challenges me on something major i can re i can be removed as speaker that's not that, that's only partially true it only takes one person to call for a vote but then they have to have oh, a vote to call for a vote right yeah. right 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 so okay folks so we're i know we're we're about two minutes ahead of the end of the show but we're going to end it here so that diane has time to park herself and watch Star Trek on the 57th anniversary of the premiere of that series in <laughs> 1966. Not that I haven't seen the episode probably 57 times that's on tonight. <laughs> but it's still no, cool. I didn't see it when it first came out, guys. I, I saw it later, but uh, as soon as I saw Star Trek, I was hooked on it. 57 years ago tonight, it first premiered on television. It's been on ever since. All the different yes. uh, variations of Star Trek, all the movies, all came from what happened on September 8th, 1966, when it first aired on television. I even have a streaming service that's all Star Trek all day. I am not surprised. But with that, Diane, it's All time the different to... different ones. No, no, not the, just the original, but the whole entire, you know... Um, well, of course. Franchise. <laughs> with that, Diane, we're out of time. Okay, nighty-night, folks. See you Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch up with you again on Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.